What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Alright, episode 22. This is the next to last episode of the 80s decade. So next week will be the last episode of season one. Today's Queen Latifah and Naughty by Nature. (laughs) Two very big names, obviously. A little bit of another ironic one is these artists are from the same area always publicly cool with each other and we're on more than one record with each other so kind of the opposite of the cool mode d and ll cool j episode you know that scenario where you had two guys that actually had like a long-standing beef and multiple disses to each other and stuff like that and they were coincidentally covered on the same podcast so this is kind of the same scenario but opposite where these were artists that kind of worked with each other and from the same area, cool with each other and stuff like that, and just so happened to coincidentally fall on the same podcast episode. So today could be a bit of a long one as we're covering three artists here, not the usual two. And these are obviously three pretty big ones here. So fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> All three of these artists had their debut albums in 1989. Queen Latifah was out first, so we'll start with her. Born Dana Elaine Owens on March 18, 1970 in Newark, New Jersey, United States. Years active are listed as 1989 to present. Hometown is East Orange, New Jersey, United States. And genres are listed as R&B, soul, jazz, hip-hop, gospel, and dance. For those people that don't know, I didn't really know this. Um, I didn't know really that Queen Latifah sang. I definitely didn't know that she had all you know r&b or just soul and things like that i I didn't really know that she had albums that weren't hip-hop at all so that was a bit of a surprise to me when doing her let's get into a little bit of a background on queen latifah dana elaine owens born march 18 1970 better known by her stage name queen latifah is an american rapper singer songwriter actress and producer Born in Newark, New Jersey, she signed with Tommy Boy Records in 1989 and released her debut album All Hail the Queen on November 28, 1989, featuring the hit single Ladies First. Nature of a Sister in 1991 was her second and final album with Tommy Boy Records. Her third album, Black Rain, in 1993 spawned the single UNITY, which was a large influence on women. The record won a Grammy Award and peaked at number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100. She then starred in the lead role of Set It Off in 1996 and released her fourth album, Order in the Court, on June 16, 1998 with Motown Records. She has been described as a feminist rapper. Latifah received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2006. Latifah's work in music, film, and television has earned her a Grammy Award, an Emmy Award, a Golden Globe Award, three Screen Actors Guild Awards, two NAACP Image Awards, an Academy Award nomination, and sales of over two million records. So a lot of things there from Queen Latifah, not only with just music and and just hip-hop, but in general. I mean, you're talking about NAACP things, you're talking about, 
you know, actors, things, Golden Globes, Emmys, all these things, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, just a lot of things here. Now, I did take out a lot of things on Queen Latifah in there because, like I said, this is this study is about the artist as a rapper or as an MC. This isn't about Queen Latifah or Will Smith or anybody like that as an actor or an actress. And as I brought up before, while that may have some sort of effect on their impact at the end of the day, depending on how much attention they were able to bring to hip hop due to maybe other outside things that they did take part in, that may have some sort of minuscule effect on their impact score or something like that. But we really just want to focus on the artist as just a rapper or just an MC, you know, whatever way you want to put it. With that being said, let's go to Queen Latifah's list. Let's hit random. And this is Queen Latifah, Listen to Me. Yeah! yeah. Queen Latifah in the house back for 1992 and 93. On through the decade. Come on! So she says, well, it's a party over here, a party over there, in every nook and cranny, it's a party everywhere. And that you should have known when I walked through the dough, I'm told I got the flavor, I'm told I got the flow. Before you even try to diss me, let's get something clear. There ain't no fear between you and me or the atmosphere. Hell to the queen and the sire, I'm lighting fires. Your style is whack as two flat tires. Now, for the most part, those are pretty basic, simple rhymes. Mostly just one rhyme per bar, mostly just one syllable on the rhyme with maybe a couple of exceptions, but definitely no bad lines there. Nothing really negative at all in any of this stuff. And all these lines make sense. They all lead into each other well. Again, we don't have like a specific topic here or anything like that, but these rhymes are not totally random. They lead into each other well and things like that. And then... On the last two bars that we went over when she says, Hell to the queen and the sire, I'm lighting fires, which is A-A. And then she says, Your style is whack B as two flat B tires A. So we do have five one-syllable rhymes on the two bars there. We do have an A-A-B-B-A rhyme pattern there. So like I said, mostly average stuff here, mostly basic stuff, but certainly nothing bad here at all. Nothing really great but more good than bad just solely based on the sense that there just was nothing bad about any of that. It will only take a second for me to just wreck it Smoother than my body walk naked I don't have to prove sh- Just keep doing hits And niggas be all on my two tits And even if you think it's hard I'm telling you after every single rhyme I thank God for giving me the power to make your heads nod Tony your fat style Gotta keep me going well Listen to me now the people in Miami, 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 the people
Okay, so mostly more of the same as you probably will see throughout the course of this song. Queen Latifah was pretty damn consistent. Um, probably a little bit better on this second half than, than maybe the beginning, but more of the same. She says, It will only take a second for me to just wreck it smoother than my body buck naked. Which is a pretty dope line for a couple of reasons. You have three two-syllable rhymes on the two bars. They make sense. They lead into each other well. And while that's not an amazing or mind-blowing line, it makes sense. It's a pretty good line. Saying that your rhymes are smooth or your raps are smooth and things like that, that is something that people say that is kind of common lingo. So it makes sense what she's saying. And, you know, smooth is a way that some people might refer to like a girl's skin or something like that. So she's, you know, referring to my body buck naked. I don't have to prove shh. I just keep doing hits. And niggas be all on my two tits. Basically the same thing as the line before it. You have you have another three rhymes on the two bars there. Another not mind-blowing or amazing line, but another pretty good line there. And no negatives to be spoke of in this entire verse so far. And even if you think it's odd, I'm telling you, after every single rhyme, I thank God. For giving me the power to make your heads nod. Tony Dofat style, kind of keep him going wild. Listen to me now. So same real pattern there. You have another pretty good line with the... Even if you think it's odd, I'm telling you after every single rhyme, I thank God. And while that could be looked at as a run-on bar right there, because she picks up off of there for, by saying, for giving me the power to make your heads nod. Here's why I'm not going to give her shit for it. And I want to point this out. I'm glad that this happened because... I'm not sure if this has or hasn't happened on a podcast episode before, but I just want to go out of my way to point it out again here. The thing with hers is her line makes perfect sense. This is not a cop-out. This is not something that she did in order to be able to say something and, hey, let me just throw some random rhyme in the middle of my sentence because this is the sentence I want to say and I can't figure out a real way to, to make the endings of it rhyme. Her Her two bars right here, and even if you think it's odd, I'm telling you, after every single rhyme, I thank God. That can stand alone. That completely makes sense on its own. Those two bars can end right there. She just then decides to pick up off of there and go forward with elaborating on that line and saying really what she's thanking God for. For giving me the power to make your heads nod. So I don't take anything away from her with that. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that line. It's not a run-on bar in the sense of her kind of just saying two words that rhyme in the middle of this long run-on sentence because she couldn't figure out a better way to word it. That's more so just her elaborating on her prior two lines that stand well and fine by themselves. And then she says, Tony Dofat style, gotta keep him going wild, listen to me now. Now, I'm not... 100% sure if I totally get what she's getting at with that line. I do know who Tony Dofat is. I mean, not... I'm not overly informed on the guy, but I I know he had something to do with... I believe it was Bad Boy Records. And, again, I, I don't really know what she's referencing with that line, but I'm sure she's obviously talking about something. There was really no negative in that entire verse at all. It was borderline whether it was enough to really raise this song at all. Right now, I would say probably not. We'll see what happens in the second verse. And if the second verse is the same or maybe even a little bit better, maybe we raise it a half a point instead of a a quarter of a point because we couple it with the first verse. But I'm going to leave this at an average song for now. But 
certainly more good than bad from Queen Latifah in that verse as it was very consistent. There really was almost absolutely no negative to point out in that verse whatsoever. So let's get into the second verse and see where she goes from here. What a beautiful day, and I'm riding down the highway uh -huh. on my way to the studio. Gotta go, cause I slept late. I just came back from cool last Cali. When Mandy was bumping MC Rins in the alley. Driving so fast that no one could catch me. While I'm knocking gangsta bitch by Apache. This is the move for making a hit hip hop song. You should have known it was on. Okay, so again, a lot more of the same. Very consistent here by Queen Latifah. Still continues to do some positive things here. She says, what a beautiful day and I'm riding down the highway on my way to the studio. Gotta go because I slept late. Pretty good bars here. Not only do they make perfect sense and they lead into each other well, she's painting a picture of what's going on here. And she says, what a beautiful day, A, and I'm riding down the highway, A. On my way to the studio B, gotta go B because I slept late A. So you got another five one-syllable rhymes in the two bars there. You got another A-A-B-B-A rhyme pattern there. Like I said, they lead into each other well. They make sense. She's not doing any amazing things here, but she is doing above average things, and she doesn't really have anything else that's dragging her down and evening her out. So... I would probably say already after the first couple of bars or the first half of this second verse, we're probably going to wind up giving her at least an extra quarter of a point by the end of this verse. So she goes on to say, I just came back from cool ass Cali where Mandy was bumping MC Renz in the alley. Driving so fast that no one could catch me while I'm knocking gangsta bitch by Apache. This is the mood for making the hit hip hop song. You should have known it was on. So again, most of those are pretty basic and self-explanatory. I don't really feel the need to break down every single line. It's pretty obvious what she's talking about. We covered MC Ren already, and she talks about, you know, being on the West Coast and bumping MC Ren. She talks about Gangsta Bitch by Apache, who, if anybody doesn't know who Apache is, that was a hip-hop artist. He did make the cut. He will be covered in our podcast next season on season two in the 90s. And then after that, she says... This is the mood for making the hit A, hip A, hop song B. You should have known it was on B. So there she has an A, A, B, B rhyme pattern and four one-syllable rhymes on the two bars there. So, again, consistency from Queen Latifah here. Really doing nothing negative on any of these bars so far throughout the song. Let's see where she goes. The places I've been, been, the people I've seen, seen. and everywhere I go, go. is giving to a queen. queen. Cause hip hop is for real. real. I'm dealing with the truth. truth. Cause all over the world, world. is aggravating you. you. So every time I grab the mic, you know that I can rock it. So I can have some fun and put some money in my pocket. You can always know the time. Just recognize the sign. Can't nobody put a padlock on your mind. Listen to me Okay, so she says, the places I've been, the people I've seen, and everywhere I go, it's give it to them, queen. Just basically talking about how many different places she's gone, how many different people she's seen. 
And no matter where she goes, I mean, this alludes back to the hook. The people in London, they're listening to me. The people in Atlanta, they're listening to me. The people in Japan, they're listening to me, etc. So while that might be a little bit repetitive and it's just kind of the same thing and it's not really lines, number one, it's not her doing the hook. So I, you know, I have to be led to assume that she probably is not the one that wrote that. And it really doesn't matter because even if she was the one that wrote that, I don't particularly off the top of my head remember Queen Latifah having a major issue with her hooks where she couldn't do anything, you know, more than one line or just repeating something over and over again. And I mean, like I said, this is all just talking about the same type of thing where she's speaking about how many different places she's been to, how many different people she's seen, and no matter what, I go to Japan, I go to Atlanta, I go to London, they all say the same thing, give it to them, queen, because hip-hop is for real, I'm dealing with the truth, because all over the world, it's aggravated youth, so every time I grab the mic, you know that I could rock it, so I could have some fun and put some money in my pocket, again, very simple, self-explanatory, basic rhymes, she does have two two-syllable rhymes on the two bars there, so nothing crazy, not an insane amount of rhymes per bar, not an, a tremendous amount of syllables on the rhymes, nothing really crazy or mind-blowing about those lines, but again, they lead into each other well, they make sense, and they're pretty decent lines. She's basically just saying, you know, every time I grab this mic, you know that I could rock it, and it's a positive thing for me in more ways than one, because I love doing it, and it's fun for me, and also I make money off of it. You can always know the time, just recognize the sign. Can't nobody put a padlock on your mind. Pretty dope two bars there. Three one-syllable rhymes on the two bars. Again, nothing insane, nothing crazy. And it's not really a mind-blowing line, but that's definitely a really good line. And I would say after that, this song is definitely at least a 1.25 so far. The topic of the song is not so specific in the sense that she's particularly constantly talking about, you know, traveling and different ethnicities of people listening to her rhymes, but it's kind of a general type of concept. It's not anything that's going to gain her points for originality or being able to hold the topic or whatever, and it's, it's not something that I feel that she's attempted to make a song about and hasn't had the ability to exactly keep the topic. I feel like this is the way that she wants the song to go. I feel like she's doing a good job in the song. And like I said, while it's not nothing mind-blowing or amazing, there's been nothing negative on either of those two verses. And there's been some pretty good things on both of them. Very, very consistent here in this song as she was throughout her career. So let's see what she does on the third verse here as we close the song out. I'm not your ordinary piece of feline See, I know the book Because 
I read it twice. If I bite the hook, then I'ma pay the price. Mama taught me black was beautiful when I was young and told me all about where babies really came from. So you can hit the door with the theory that all black women are hoes. Hear me now. Star and the missing is me. The people down in New York, the missing is me. The people in Atlanta, the missing is me. The people in Boston, the missing is me. The people in Bermuda, the missing is me. It's a Queen Latifah flavor, you didn't think in 1993. Okay, so a couple of things here. You see that she's got these two little bridges that go on before she goes into a third verse. And again, I want to take a second here to point out how that is not something that you're going to lose points for. I'm not going to sit here and say, the fuck is this? She just won four bars or eight bars where all she said, you're rolling with the vibe, vibe. You get into the vibe, vibe. What do you think? You just repeat yourself and that's a fucking song? Again, not at all what this is about. This is Queen Latifah's song. This is Queen Latifah's art. She's allowed to do with it what she wants. I am not going to take credit away from somebody for doing something different, being artistic, being original, things like that. The problem with some artists or where a problem starts to stem from is if you just do something like that on every song. You only have one one verse on every song and then instead of a second verse, you just say that and the hook was one word repeated over and over again and we really only got like a full 16 bars from you. And you did that on 98 of 110 songs. That's where it starts to become a problem where... People start to show the inability to do other things. Then you hear on these other songs where they go on and they they can't they don't have the ability to string together a story or three great verses in a row or hold a concept or things like that. So I just want to point out how we're not just sitting here breaking down lyrics and judging the song score on just the lyrics. These people are getting a lyrical score based on a lot of their verses and complex hooks and things like that and even you know things that they did over other people's beats which won't count as songs but it will count as a lyrical score these types of things where you have these bridges or repetitive things and things like that they don't take away from anything again like i said unless you just can't seem to do anything else so i just want to point that out going forward so that everybody understands why some people are losing certain points for things and some people are not. And I, I really want to get rid of the notion in this entire podcast and this entire study that hey, art is subjective, man. You can't, you know, you can't be objective with art and you, you can't say what's good and what's bad. No, I absolutely can because there are things that are good and there are things that are bad. Whether you like it or not is subjective. The way that this person decides to deliver and the way that they decide to make their songs and their cover art and their image and all these things, I get that. There's a million subjective things in art. I completely agree. I'm not going to touch on those. I'm not going to touch on anything that is subjective. I may give you my personal opinion on some subjective things, but those subjective things are going to have absolutely nothing to do with my scoring. We're going to score it solely objectively on black and white what is in front of you with all aspects taken into consideration so getting into what she says on the third verse she says take a trip on back into the third verse of the originator of the concept of ladies first 
So that you should know what she's referring to there as we just spoke earlier when we had a little bit of a background on Queen Latifah of Ladies First being her first hit single off of her first album that she dropped. So that's what she's referencing there by saying the originator of the concept of Ladies First. You came along and tried to freak mine to the contrary because I'm not your ordinary piece of feline. Pretty good line there. You came along and tried to freak mine A to the contrary B. I'm not your ordinary B piece of feline A. So again, another four one-syllable rhymes on the two bars there. And an A-B-B-A rhyme pattern, which is a little bit different than the other rhyme patterns that she showed on the two verses before. So again, she does something a little bit different. And while it's not necessarily better than the other things that she did, she does manage to mix the letters up again. Does manage to get four rhymes in the two bars and things like that. All of these lines have led into each other well. She hasn't gone astray and said anything totally random on any of these bars here. So then she goes in and says... See, I know the book because I read it twice. If I bite the hook, then I'm going to pay the price. Another pretty good line there. See, I know the book, A, because I read it twice, B. If I bite the hook, A, then I'm going to pay the price, B. Another different rhyme pattern there of A, B, A, B now. And another four one-syllable rhymes on the two bars. So, again, just doing a couple... A couple of nice things on almost every couple of bars here and still having nothing negative for me to say at all about any of these three verses. On top of the technicalities on what's going on here, the lines are pretty dope. See, I know the book because I read it twice. If I bite the hook, then I'm going to pay the price. Which is referring back to her line earlier of about you came along and tried to freak mine. And I'm not your ordinary piece of feline and stuff like that. So again, continuing on the same things that she's talking about. They lead into each other well. Pretty good lines. Pretty good on the technicality here. No negatives. Mama taught me black was beautiful when I was young. And told me all about where babies really come from. Now, again, this is one of those things where this is her art. Only she's going to know exactly what she meant by that line. But everybody's going to take it you know, in a way that it relates to them or what they think it means. So I can only do that. I'm pretty sure I know what she's referencing here. Obviously, when you grow up in poor neighborhoods or rough neighborhoods and stuff like that, a lot of babies are born, I hate to say this, but for the wrong reasons. Whether somebody was raped or, you know, somebody gets pregnant and the dad leaves and it's it's out of wedlock and it, or, you know, maybe the mother doesn't even know who the father is or maybe the father's in prison or, or dead or something like that, or, you know, maybe the, either one of the parents are on drugs, and you have a scenario where you, you got a crack baby, and things like this, so it's, it's a fucked up situation where you have maybe a little kid, or a little girl, or maybe even an adolescent, and, you know, a lot of times you hear it, oh, you know, the baby's so cute, and stuff like that, and you hear the parents, you know, I don't, you know, you don't, no babies for you anytime soon, don't have a baby until you're ready, and stuff like that, I think basically Queen Latifah is talking about, you know, I'm not caught up in that facade of, you know, oh, I want a baby, oh, babies are cute, or, you know, whatever it is that you might say. You know, my mom told me all about where babies really come from and the ugly truth about what's going on and guys lying and just wanting to fuck and then leaving and not being around to be a dad or a boyfriend or a husband or anything like that. So I'm sure that that's where she's probably going with that line. And then she says, so you can hit the door with the theory that all black women are hoes. Hear me? 
That's probably the only line at all that I have any type of issue with whatsoever. And that's only because it's a run-on bar. And again, I'm definitely not going to give her shit for this because that's one run-on bar out of three verses. And not only is it one run-on bar, but the line is fine. There's nothing wrong with the, with the line. And on top of that, it was the only thing that I could possibly nitpick at in any way, shape, or form throughout those three verses. So I, I also want to point out how we've had scenarios where we've had some people do some great things. We've had scenarios where we've had people do a lot of great things and a lot of rough things. We've had scenarios where it probably sounds like I'm beating the shit out of the person when I break the stuff down. But I want to point out again how this is a prime example of it just goes to show you how I'm calling it like I see it. Okay, and I'll admit this right now, and we'll get more into this on my breakdown, but I was not a Queen Latifah fan at all, and I don't just mean that I wasn't out buying her albums, I mean I didn't like Queen Latifah, so for me to sit here and break down a Queen Latifah song and tell you I have nothing negative to say about any of those verses, it's not because I love her, it's not because I love this song, it's because objectively... There really is almost nothing negative in any of those three verses. Again, do I love this song? No, I don't. Am I ever going to bump this song? No, I'm not. Would I ever tell anybody to listen to this song? No, I wouldn't. But the fact of the matter is, it is what it is. You're going to have other people who absolutely love this song. Again, subjective. Totally fine, but subjective. You're going to have people who hate this song. Totally fine, but subjective. Me... I don't really give a shit because I'm not a Queen Latifah fan and I'm probably never going to listen to it again. But objectively speaking, it's probably slightly above average. I would say it's probably around a one and a half. So it's between an average and a good song. Call it what you want. I'll call it an average song here today. Again, listening to her entire catalog in succession makes it a lot easier to, to be definitive on whether this was scored as a good song or an average song. But... Be that as it may, it doesn't really matter. The point that I'm trying to make is objectively in this song, there really wasn't any negative, And I just want to point out that that is not being said to me where I'm having a bias or a subjective opinion on people that I love and saying, hey man, there's nothing negative about those verses. And it's like, well, that's what you think. You fucking love them. That's not what's happening here. I broke them down for what they were. And, uh, you know, Queen Latifah did a really good job in that song, bottom line. I do think that that was a pretty good representation of Queen Latifah in general. That's how the most of her songs went. There really was nothing usually too amazing, nothing really negative, and she was very consistent. So I think that you got a good a good example of what Queen Latifah was like right there. And now that you heard that, let's get into what I wrote down when I was studying Queen Latifah. I'm not going to lie, admittedly, I was, for no reason, not a big Queen Latifah fan, to put it nicely. This is one main reason why I'm glad I've done this and done it so objectively. Queen Latifah was average lyrically, not having an abundance of great lines, but hardly ever having any weak ones either, and she did rhyme a lot of words per bar on a lot of occasions. My main qualm with her as far as lyrics was concerned is she did use the same line many times about biting rhymes. Of her four hip-hop albums... Two were good and two were average. Out of 60 hip-hop records that she dropped, none were great, but four were good and not a single one was weak. Again, she delivered consistently. 
Her impact was pretty obvious as one of the first successful mainstream female hip-hop artists who still remains a household name to this day. She also had clear impacts on artists such as MC Hammer, Joe Budden, Sheik Looch, and Big L. Queen Latifah, for the most part, was always her, although I did feel like every now and then she did contradict the message she was trying to send or image she was trying to portray, but nonetheless, it was always her own. So now let's get into the math of that. Lyrics, she gets a 5. Album, she gets a 3.47 with 0 classics. Song, she gets a 0, as we spoke about. She didn't have any great songs nor any weak songs so that cancels each other out she gets a zero in that category impact she gets a seven and a half i mean again man there's just no way around this there's a very big impact for a number of different reasons we spoke about the success outside of hip-hop as far as acting and singing and things like that like i said very minuscule as far as the impact score is concerned maybe that gets her a half a point or something like that but I mean, overall, man, as far as awards won and firsts and a couple of pretty big names there as far as artists influenced and stuff like that, I mean, like I said, no getting around it. Queen Latifah certainly had a very large impact. It's not up there with the nine and a halfs or anything like that, but a very good score there at seven and a half. And originality, she gets a seven. I just kind of touched on that at the end of my breakdown of, of her, where... You know, there wasn't anything overly standout original about her, you know, from her image or her rhyme style or things like that. But one of the first successful mainstream female hip hop artists. And like I said, even though there were a handful of times where I did feel like she slightly contradicted the message she was trying to send or the image she was trying to portray, those were really only a couple of few times. And. You know, that could have just been out of anger or frustration or, or a mood or a vibe for a song or something like that. For the most part, she stayed very true to the message that she was trying to send and the image that I felt she was trying to portray and stuff like that. And not only that, but when she did stray at all from what she was trying to say, it never seemed like she strayed in followance of somebody else. It was more so, well, this is the fucking mood I'm in now, or this is what I feel like doing now type of thing, as opposed to standing for something and then turning around and standing for the opposite because it's going to get you more money or more fame or more popularity or more record sales or whatever. I didn't feel that she sold out. I didn't feel that she did any of that. So I think she gets a, a seven there, which is, again, a good score. It's not quite as large as her impact score, but it's still a seven nonetheless, and those scores really reflect a lot of what you just saw from her, not only in the song that we broke down, but in general. Lyrics, she gets a 5, which is average. Her album score is, for the most part, relatively average. The song score evens each other out. She gets a 0. And then impact and originality, she gets not through the roof scores, but high scores and well above average scores and stuff like that. So again... Not a lot to complain about with Queen Latifah. Not a lot of negative going on there. No nines, no nine and a halfs, but nothing really under average and a couple of things above average. So that's pretty much exactly what you heard from her in the song as well as far as lyrically. You add all those numbers up, you divide by five, you get a final score of 4.59, which leaves Queen Latifah in 38th place overall of 117 artists done. Yay! So... 
Shout out to Queen Latifah, man. That's not a bad finish at all. 38th place. I probably see Queen Latifah finishing inside of the top 150, which again, I know coming out of my mouth right now, it doesn't sound amazing, but that's a pretty solid score. To be one of the best 150 people to ever do anything on planet Earth is pretty amazing to say that. So 38th place here for Queen Latifah. As we continue on, we'll see where she finishes, but hell of a job there with her career. Like I said, not only with rapping and not only with music in general, but with acting and a bunch of other things that she's done with her life as a whole. Moving on to Naughty by Nature, who also had their debut album in 1989. The members of the group are Tretch, Vinrock, and DJ KG. Again, we spoke about how the DJ isn't going to be covered here. He wasn't a rapper in the group, so not really going to have much of an impact on the group, if any, but... I don't like to leave the DJ out of these hip-hop trios and just name the MCs and skip the DJ. So I just want to give love to the DJ. Shout out to the DJ. He's obviously an instrumental part of the group. A little bit of background on the group. Also known as the New Style, which is really what they came out as in the beginning before they were like officially naughty by nature. Origin is East Orange, New Jersey, United States. Genre is listed as hip-hop and East Coast hip-hop. Years active are listed as 1986 to 2002, and then 2006 to present. Naughty by Nature is an American hip-hop trio from East Orange, New Jersey, consisting of Anthony Tretch Chris, born December 2nd, 1970, Vincent Vin Rock Brown, born September 17, 1970, and Keir Lamont DJKG Gist, born September 15, 1969. Not too much there on the group as a whole, but as we will see when we go to break this group down, while there wasn't that many awards or records or firsts or things like that to really be brought up here, their impact was tremendous just alone in the number of artists that they influenced. So not only is Naughty by Nature a big name in and out of hip-hop, you're going to see a really large number of artists influenced by Naughty by Nature as we go forward here with this breakdown. For now, let's go to their list. Let's hit random. And this is Naughty by Nature. Clap your hands. Ha! I want everybody to get up off your seat and get your arms together and your hands together and give me some of that old soul. Coming out the alleyways of ill town. Producer extraordinaire KG, followed by the backbone, Vin Rock, and the last to fall into this planet, me. Falling through the earth with a burst first for you, clapping your hands that we must say, uh-huh, for sure. But I am still thirsty, oh mercy, it's worthy, conversy, oh curse me, it's Jersey. Slapping through the skins, now we're trench backing in, quartered in Broad Street, back by Mac. No lights, skip the cameras, we hold action in It's Naughty Blaine and the Orgy already back again Okay, so this is Tretch on the first verse here And he says, falling through the earth with the burst first for you Clapping your hands now, we must say, arah Which, it's not a garbage line But, I mean, when you really sit down and break it down It's one of those things where when he raps it It sounds alright, sounds cool, you know what I'm saying And again, I'm not saying that it's a garbage line, but a route is really a noise. It's just kind of something you threw in there. It's not really a great line. On the opening bar, he does have Earth, Burst, and First, which is A-A-A, then Ya, which is B, and then Ara, which, I mean, 
that's pushing it for a rhyme, but uh, I'll give it to him. But at least we do have the five one-syllable rhymes on the two bars there. An A-A-A-B-B rhyme pattern. Not able to mix them up, but a couple of different rhyme schemes there. For sure, but I am still thirsty. Oh, mercy. It's worse, see? Come first, see? Oh, curse me. It's Jersey. Now, that's pretty dope. It's not amazing because he's being a little bit random. It's worse, see? Come first, see? Oh, curse me. It's Jersey. A little bit random, not random enough to the point where they don't make sense, but random enough for me to bring up the fact that he's kind of just throwing words in there to rhyme. But with that being said, you do have Thirsty, Mercy, Worse C, Fursy, Curse Me, and Jersey. So you do have six two-syllable rhymes on just two bars there, which is definitely good in itself, and it's certainly enough to make up for any randomness that's in those two bars. Slapping through the skins now are trends backing in. Broader than Broad Street, backed by Mac 10s. Pretty dope line here for a number of reasons. You got slapping through the skins A, now a trends A, back in N B. Broader than Broad Street, backed C by Mac C 10s B. So there we have an A A B C C B rhyme pattern, which is definitely dope. Mixes up three different rhyme schemes there. We got another six rhymes in those two bars. So there's 12 rhymes in four bars by Tretch right there. And he works in that A-A-B-C-C-B rhyme pattern. So definitely above average stuff here so far. No lights. Skip the cameras. We haul action in. It's naughty planning and orgy already back again. Now, we do have another cool rhyme scheme here where we have no lights. Skip the cameras. We haul action in a... It's naughty, B, planning an orgy, B, already back again, A. So we have an A, B, B, A rhyme pattern there. Now, as far as the bars are concerned, the first bar when he says, no lights, skip the cameras, we haul action in. Not amazing, not mind-blowing, but we all know what he's referencing there, lights, camera, action. He's saying, you know, no lights, skip the cameras, we come in with just action. So a cool little line, nothing amazing, but... You know, he's doing something there. And then he just goes on to say it's naughty planning an orgy already back again. Which is kind of random. It doesn't really have too much to do with the, the bar before it. It's not totally random. It's not like he's going from one extreme to the next here or trying to keep a topic and losing it or not making any sense or anything like that. But we're, we're seeing a little bit of a scenario here where he's going out of his way to do these extra rhymes and these rhyme patterns and stuff like that. And he might be sacrificing a little bit when it comes to the actual bars and the, the leading into each other and stuff like that. But this is a, a, a similar example to when we covered third base. I believe it was either last week or the week before where technically they had some tremendous stuff. They had some amazing rhyme patterns. They had, you know, a bunch of rhymes per bar and things like that. But it was really lacking in a lot of other areas. This is certainly not lacking as much in other areas. Not really every bar is totally random. There hasn't been any bad lines in here. So a little bit different. We're seeing more good than bad here for sure. I'm not sure if it's enough to carry it above average just yet only halfway through the first verse. But if the second half of the verse is the same as the first half, then I, I see it being raised. 
tracking this So clicks clap to this as we rap to this Hoochies pop their coochies then slap their hips Even when in Texas with no gear trooping That's when I find the baddest bros in Houston boosting Breaks down, fill the party Put your hands together, everybody All the ladies in the house, I call the honeys first Cause it's pure and you're sure to get your money's worth So just clap your hands So he says, K's tracking this, so clicks clap to this as we rap to this. Hoochies pop their coochies and slap their hips. So he has, K's tracking this A, so clicks clap to this A as we rap to this A. Hoochies B, pop their coochies B, and slap their hips A. So we have another six rhymes in two bars there. We have an a A A B B A rhyme pattern. We have three syllables on four of those rhymes and two syllables on two of those rhymes. So out of another six rhymes in two bars, none of them are even one syllable. So definitely above average stuff here from Tretch, and that's that's certainly enough to raise this this song above average already, and we're not even through the first verse. Even when in Texas with no gear trooping. That's when I find the baddest broads in Houston boosting. Break down, feel the party. Put your hands together, everybody. All the ladies in the house, I call the honeys first. Because it's pure and you're sure to get your money's worth. So on the last two bars there, he's got another three syllables on his rhymes. And the bars before it, I mean, you know, he had the, the three two-syllable rhymes and stuff like that. Most of that was self-explanatory. I really don't have to get into all of that. But that was certainly an above-average verse from Tretch there for sure. I would give it an extra quarter of a point, which raises this song to a 1.25 already. Vinrock is the next verse. And before we get into Vinrock's verse, I want to touch on the chorus here, which has been one bar repeated four times so far. I don't really remember Naughty by Nature off the top of my head constantly doing that every song. We'll talk about it when we get into my breakdown, but I, I don't remember them doing that. And I also do want to bring up that the sample that is used in this beat, uh, I believe it's the bass line, was used by The Locks on their debut solo album. I can't remember the name of the song off the top of my head. I know that I had it written down when I, when I studied all this stuff, so that did get marked down. And you will hear that they did influence The Locks when you hear their list of artists that they influence so i do just want to give an example of how when you're hearing artists that these people influence and stuff like that normally we're not hearing any of that in the one song that happens to come on for that person on that day in this one we did you're going to hear me say the locks for these artists and now you're hearing where that name came from and why i wrote down that naughty by nature influenced the locks because this baseline was taken from this song. Whether Sheik or Jada or Styles had anything to do with that personally, probably not. I highly doubt that they sat down and heard this song and said, hey, I'm going to take that baseline. I don't know. Maybe they did, but I can't say that they did. But what I do know, again, objectively, is that this one came out first. 
So whether it was one of the, those artists that made the beat and they took it from this or not, or whether it was a random producer that made the beat, and whether the locks even know or not whether that bass line was taken from this song or just taken from the same sample, whatever way you want to word it, fact of the matter is that Naughty by Nature were the first ones to take that bass line and sample it. So the fact that it was followed by the locks after that, they get marks here for influencing the locks. Also, you could hear a sample used there, a voice in the chorus, which is actually Rock Him. So it was also marked down that vice versa, the same way that Naughty by Nature influenced the locks, Rock Him also influenced Naughty by Nature in this particular scenario here. So two things that were either taken or given to other artists being shown here in this particular example. So that's cool that we got that today. That being said, let's get into the second verse, which is by Vinrock. Okay, so he says, And to those other MCs, Naughty by Nature, Fall Nigga, Please, We just took the time to form three companies. Now the whole industry awaits the new recital. I'll take your favorite idol. I'll crumple up their title. Pretty good bars here by Vin Rock. Nothing amazing, but you do have the three two-syllable rhymes on the two bars there. And pretty good lines. Saying, now the whole industry awaits the new recital. I'll take your favorite idol. I'll crumple up their title. Pretty dope line. In their face, because I'm fed up with that same old crap. Lack of developing your crew, that's why your stage show is whack. Now, I want to point out something again here. We had an example in Queen Latifah's song before, how I spoke about it seemed like a run-on bar because bar 3 picked up off of where bar 2 left off. But, we pointed out how bar 1 and bar 2 were able to stand by themselves. They made perfect sense. You did not need bar 3 to understand what they were getting at, you did not need bar three to complete a sentence. So this is another example of that, where he says, now the whole industry awaits the new recital, I'll take your favorite idol, I'll crumple up their title. That stands by itself, that's totally fine by itself. Then he goes on to say, in their face, because I'm fed up with that same old crap, lack of developing your crew, that's why your stage show's whack. So let the sleeping and assuming and the BS stop, because Naughty is to live and die for hip-hop, and I'm Vin Rock. Again, pretty dope lines there. Nothing mind-blowing or amazing, but we've certainly seen more bad than good here from Vin Rock, and he's got a couple of scenarios where he's had three two-syllable rhymes on the two bars. So let's see how he finishes off his verse here. I'm holding down the fort around my block I brain in this game jacking other people's props Many crews only stress me Petty fools try to test me Very few impress me, bless me I sneeze upon the whack No one but us can do it like that to me The rest considered scrap Fat, naughty niggas will never be defeated Come and try, word to God, word to life I put that on a double line Come on Okay, so he finishes his verse by saying I'm holding down the fort around my block I reign in this game jacking other people's props. 
Another pretty good line. I'm holding down the fort around my block A. A rain B in this game B. Jack and other people's props A. So Vinrock shows an A, B, B, A rhyme pattern there. He's able to mix the letters up. Four one-syllable rhymes in the two bars there. Many crews only stress me. Petty fools try to test me. Very few impress me. Bless me. A sneeze upon the whack. No one but us could do it like that. To me, the rest considered scrap. So again, he's got another four two-syllable rhymes on the, on the two bars there. He's got a pretty cool, you know, wordplay with the, the bless me, I sneeze upon the whack, stuff like that. Again, not a mind-blowing or a great line, but above average. He's doing some good stuff here, coupled with the fact that he's had a bunch of two-syllable rhymes. He's had four on two bars, three on a bunch of bars. Then he says, fact, naughty niggas will never be defeated. Come on and try. Word God, word to life, I put that on the double I. So not his not his strongest line there of the verse to finish the song off, but again, it's not anything bad. It's not anything that he's going to lose credit for. I'm not sure that Vinrock's verse was quite enough to raise this up to a one and a half from that point. It was more good than bad, and certainly nothing that this song is going to lose any type of credit for, but I just didn't think that there was quite enough there to raise it up to a one and a half. Tretch is on the third verse here, so let's see where Tretch goes with this to close out the song. Okay, a little bit of give and take here in the first half of this verse by Tretch. He says, according to the calculations from the slums it's hitting, hey, K makes tracks all funky like raw chitlins. Now, he does have the ABBA rhyme pattern here, and I'm not trying to take that away from him, but the fact that he says hey in there, it's kind of almost like an ad lib, and yes, it does rhyme, but it's just a random word that's thrown in there. There's really no reason for hey to be in there other than the fact that it rhymes with K. As far as the line itself, he makes tracks all funky like raw chitlins. Eh, it's, you know, it's two syllables on the rhyme hitting chitlins, but it's not really a great line there. That's, that's kind of what I would like to call like a lazy rhyme where... It's not bad. It's not that the line sucks. It's not terrible. It's not anything he's going to lose points for or anything like that. But it's kind of a lazy line where you just you just kind of say something that makes sense, but it's not really a great line. It, you know, it's you're you're trying to be better than than just saying a basic, random, simple rhyme and not having any punchline or any metaphor in there. You're trying to do more than that by comparing the funk of your tracks to raw chitlins, but it's just not really a great line, and if you really wanted to equate the funkiness of your track, you probably could have found a better punchline or a better metaphor or a better example than Raw Chitlins. I mean, again, it's not a bad line, but I'm just trying to point out, I, I don't want it to seem like 
something really crazy is being said here just because a comparison is being made. People have like a, a tendency to fall into that trap. Well, he said this is like this. I mean, yeah, he did, but that's that's not really that great that he said that. So, you know, just because you're saying something is like something doesn't make it dope. Then he goes on to say, Styles are splitting. Think I'm kidding? Well, nigga, listen. Clap long and steady till your palms sore or sweaty. Now, here's the thing with this line. I want to point out a couple of things. First of all, when he starts his third bar there of Styles are splitting, that's still on the same thing as hitting and chitlin. So if you break down those bars right there, you really have, according to the calculations from the slums, it's hitting. Hey, K makes tracks all funky like raw chitlins. Styles are slipping. Think I'm kidding? Well, nigga, listen. Now that's three bars right there that rhyme. The fourth bar should obviously rhyme with if the three bars before it all rhyme, it should rhyme with the three bars before it. If just the bar before it, which is just bar three rhymes, then it should probably either just rhyme with bar three or rhyme with bar one and two if that was different from three and he's trying to swing back around and do a cool rhyme pattern. The thing here with what he does is he goes on to something else from there and says, clap long and steady till your palms sore or sweaty. So that's an example where a lot of people would take a cop out there and just end right there on the four bars where the first three rhyme with each other and then four just rhymes with itself and he gets away with something that's a little bit of a shortcut there. So while he does do that, he continues on with that and he picks up with started cutting more than petty confetti. Now that leaves him at five bars right there. So now... Bar four and bar five rhyme with each other. So he could be done with that rhyme scheme right there, but what would happen? He would be on a five bar count there and he would be off count because he only had the first three bars rhyme with each other and did not have four rhyme with three. He had one, two, and three rhyme with each other. Then he has four and five rhyme with each other. So what he does is he has another scenario where he does a three bar rhyme sequence. So for his six bar... He continues on and says, right after I said bye-bye to Alibaba, the Punani Papa's machete, which goes back to sweaty and confetti. So he has three bars that rhyme and then another three bars that rhyme, which evens him out at six. So while it's a little bit different and unorthodox, he does find a way to stay in an even bar count. He wasn't on it the entire time, but again, that's okay. This is his art. He's allowed to do what he wants. But you can't make a mistake and continue on with an odd bar count and have all your rhymes and your flows be off from every line there forward. So whether it was because he couldn't find anything else to rhyme with hit and chitlins and listen, whether it was because he wanted to do three bars and three bars, whatever it may be, the fact of the matter is that Tretch found a way to make this work. He did do something a little bit different and unorthodox, but he didn't do something bad. So I want to point out that while this doesn't follow the normal pattern of just the first two bars or the first four bars all rhyming with each other, I'm not taking points away from him and I'm not nitpicking or bitching at him because he did follow the basic rules that you have to follow here of being on an even number count with your bars. Again, you can find ways to, to spin this around and you know flip this and switch this and stuff, which he did because he had three and three, 
as opposed to two, two and two or four and two or all six being the same. But he didn't lose his bar count and he doesn't go on to lose his flow and ruin the whole entire rest of the verse because he couldn't think of something to rhyme with listen. So then he goes on to say, hope you're ready, but if you're not, God, you're not. Grill, nose, opposed to blows, that's all the same spot. So that's that's a pretty dope two bars there because he says, hope you're ready, but if you're not, A, God, you're not, A, grill, nose, B, opposed B to blows B, that's all the same spot, A. So again, another six rhymes in the two bars, all one syllable on these ones, but a couple of good things here done because not only the six rhymes and two bars, but we also have an A-A-B-B-B-A rhyme pattern. And we got a cool little word play with, hope you're ready, but if you're not, God, you're not. K-N-O-T, meaning head. So cool little wordplay with the word not there. And it's, it is a run on bar, but he does it in a way where if there's a comma there. So he's supposed to be taking a pause because he's listing things. He's saying, God, you're not grill nose, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Your head, your face, your nose, whatever. God, you're not grill nose. So it is a run on bar and I'm not going to say that it's not. But I do want to point out how he did find a way to make it work a little better where he doesn't have to just pause randomly mid-sentence or go on with this long run-on sentence where he just starts rhyming words in the middle to try to string these things together. What he did was he found a way to make a list so there's a comma there which means a pause in the sentence which allows him to hop onto his next bar and then he has a list of things which he ends off with no's and then throws in opposed to blows that's all the same spot. Now, it's a little bit random because opposed to blows is clearly thrown in there to just rhyme with nose. But like I said, we got a cool rhyme pattern in there. We got six rhymes on the two bars. You got the cool little wordplay with not and not. So while there is some give and take on those, those two bars, I would say more good than bad. Then he says... Still chill, I rock real and raw like a brawl's a small fight. Shorty talking tall mic, so practice saying all right, all right. So he has still a, chill a, I rock real a, and raw b, like a brawl's b, a small b, fight c. Shorty talking tall b, mics c, so practice saying all right, c. So now we have nine rhymes in two bars there. All of them one syllable, but still nine rhymes in two bars is a lot. And then we also have the A-A-A-B-B-C-B-C-C rhyme pattern, which I don't think we've seen before on any of these podcast episodes. So again, a lot more good than bad. And the lines lead into each other pretty well. For, for a two-bar scenario where he has nine rhymes in there and that cool different rhyme pattern and stuff like that he does a pretty good job of staying relevant and having these bars lead into each other pretty well and he makes a decent point i mean if you break the bars down what he's saying still chill i rock real and raw like a brawl's a small fight shorty talking tall mics so practice saying all right all right so the lines themselves are pretty good even if there wasn't nine rhymes in a cool rhyme pattern in there so 
Again, I would say halfway through Tretch's third verse here, he's probably already done enough again, especially coupled with the fact that Vinrock's verse was more good than bad. And Tretch's first verse was, was also good. I think this is certainly enough to raise this song to a one and a half at this point. Let's see if Tretch can continue on with the same trend here and, you know, maybe bring this song up to definitely scoring a two, uh, you know, as opposed to maybe falling in between and being a one or a one and a half or something like that. The party type, pass the ball and land the back and towards the front Cause the wall won't fall, I might make moves in motion Start a cramp commotion, make kitties and titties in the city glow like lotion Remember, freestyles were freebies, systems still sound like TVs I eat tracks, lead them weedies, I'm greedy, can't see me with pop folks I fly the fly folks with high hopes, watch my smoke, now I choke Slide stroke, get my note, now Negro You were dead ass wrong, head too strong, now here's your zero We can get deep like way down, high lobster, seaweed, sand, some ships and missing lobsters and poppers take here on the second half of the third verse by Tretch but still more good than bad he goes on to say the party tight pass the ball all in the back head towards the front because the wall won't fall now like I said there's give and take here the first bar ends in tight so the second bar should rhyme with tight but it doesn't what he does is he has ball all wall and fall which is four one-syllable rhymes in the second bar there, but they only rhyme with each other. They don't rhyme with bar one. So he's at two bars there where the second one doesn't rhyme with the first one, but there are four one-syllable rhymes in the second bar. Then he goes on to say, I might make moves in motion, start at a crammed commotion, make kitties and titties in the city glow like lotion. Which, when you break those rhymes down for what they say and what they are, they're not really great. They're not bad, but they're not. They're certainly not great. It's a little bit of a reach here for, for what he's trying to say with glow-like lotion and stuff like that. But to me, this set of bars right here is a prime example where he's trying to throw in rhymes here. I might make moves in motion, star at a cram commotion. Which is cool because he has motion and commotion. So it's a cool little play on words there. And then he has make kitties and titties in the city glow like lotion. Which, like I said, it's not a great line. But let's look at what he's got there. You got a make moves in motion A. Star out of cram commotion A. Make kitties B and titties B in the city B glow like lotion. So you have an A-A-B-B-B-A rhyme pattern there. Another six rhymes. All six of those are two syllables. So I think that the technicality outweighs the fact that it's a little bit random and it's not a great line. So back to what we were talking about with third base earlier. 
He hasn't had any bad lines, but in the scenarios where the lines aren't great, he's doing a lot of good things technically, which, like I said, was a lot of what third base did, but they did have other areas where they were giving away a lot more than Tretch seems to be giving away when he goes out of his way to do these cool rhyme schemes and different rhyme patterns and stuff like that. So then he goes on to say, Remember, freestyles were freebies. Systems still sound like CBs, lie on tracks, leave them weedies. Which I'm not going to lie to you. I, I get what he's getting at when he says, remember, freestyles were freebies. You know, you hear the term freestyle thrown around a lot now. Freestyle has really changed when it comes to the definition of what that means. You know, back in the 80s and stuff like that, when you said you were freestyling, it was taken as you were doing it on the spot. You weren't saying something that was written or anything like that. You were kind of just making your rhymes up as you went along. That's what a freestyle was. And it went to a point where now basically a freestyle, it doesn't matter if you're making it up on the spot or if it's written or anything like that. As long as it's something over somebody else's beat, then you can call it a quote unquote freestyle. So He's referring to things like that and saying, remember, freestyles were freebies, you know, just shit that we gave. It's not something that we were selling. It's not any, you know, an album that we were making or records that we were pushing. The freestyles were freebies. And then as far as the system still sound like CB's line, tracks leave them weedies. I don't really know exactly what he's referencing there. I'm not going to lie. I just, I don't really get the line. I, I don't really understand what he's trying to say. I'm not going to take points away from it. I, you know, I assume that he's not being just totally random and saying nonsense. He had a good verse on the on the first verse, and he's had a pretty good verse here for the most part on this third verse. So, you know, I have to assume that he is talking about something, but I can't give the guy extra points when I don't know what he's talking about. You know, there are going to be some lines that I don't get from certain artists. I'm sure I understand that, but I do want you guys to also understand that when things like this come up, if there is a line that I don't understand, it's going to depend on who it comes from. Um, you know, if somebody like ODB, not saying that ODB sucks, but I'm just saying somebody that was really random and said a lot of random shit like ODB did, or, you know, maybe somebody that's really bad lyrically and is really not good, they say something like that. To be quite honest with you, I'm probably going to assume at that point that it's random because they've probably had so many random lines that didn't make sense up to that point. It's like, why would this be any different? On top of that, you know, in a 40, 50, 75, 200 song career, one line is never going to make or break anybody in either direction. If this line happened to be an amazing line and it went over my head and I missed it, it's not going to matter. One line is not going to carry the entire song. One line is not going to change a guy's lyrical score. So, I just want you guys to understand that this is not a big deal if this is something awesome and I don't get it. It's not a big deal if it's something totally random and I'm not saying, oh, it's a random fucking rhyme. What the fuck is that? At the end of the day, it's not going to really change the scoring on any of these things. And like I said, when artists are at least average or so, let's say, probably even a bit below, and they say something where it sounds like they, they have a point or they're trying to say something and I don't know what it means, I will go look it up and I will research some of these things. And even if I can't directly find a link to what they're saying and that person or that thing that they're referencing, if I can find something to where it's hinting 
and it's like, oh, that's probably what they mean. This makes sense. I'm always going to give that artist the benefit of the doubt because I can't sit here and say that they don't mean anything by what they're saying, especially if I could find any type of link. I have to assume that that's the reason that they said it. And whether I'm wrong or I'm right, like I said, that one line is not going to make or break anything. That doesn't happen very often in people's careers where I have no clue what they're talking about. And it certainly hasn't happened that many times where I've had no clue what somebody was talking about and then looked into it and found something. That has happened, but it's been very rare. So I just think the odds of something like that happening and it really having any effect on the final score are probably slim to none. So then he goes on to say, I'm greedy, can't see me, which builds off of the freebies and CBs and Wheaties. I'm greedy, can't see me, with buy folks. I fry then fly folks with high hopes. So obviously buy folks he's talking about bifocals glasses i'm greedy you couldn't see me with glasses is what he's saying i fry then fly folks with high hopes so that's another example there of where it's not a bad line but when you break down the bars they're not really great saying you can't see me with buy folks is a pretty decent line that makes sense it's not mind-blowing but it's a pretty decent line but then he goes in to say, I fry then fly folks with high hopes, which again, not a bad line, but not a great line. And you could tell that he's kind of just throwing things in there. I fry then fly with high hopes. He is throwing things in there to rhyme, but he does have a scenario where he's got buy folks, then fry and fly and then high hopes. So he's got the A, B, B, A rhyme pattern there, and he's got two syllables on two out of the four rhymes, but it is also a scenario where you had freebies, CBs, Wheaties, Greedy, and Can't See Me on a three-bar scenario. And then on the fourth bar, it went into with buy folks, I fry, then fly folks with high hopes. So another scenario there where bar B doesn't rhyme with bar A. He just has a couple of rhymes in bar B that rhyme with each other to end that off. So a little bit of a shortcut there because he would have been off with his bar count as he had the freebies, CBs, Wheaties, Greedy, and Can't See Me was on a three-bar count, so he either needed more to rhyme with that, or he would have had to have bar four not rhyme with anything at all, or make bar four rhyme with itself, which is what he did, or he could have done what he did earlier, where he could have had bars four, five, and six rhyme with each other, and then he could have had two scenarios where it was only a three-bar rhyme count, and those add up to be a six-bar rhyme count, which does get him back on the even number count and his bars flowing and working well with the song. So then he goes on to say, Watch my smoke, now why choke? Sly stroke, get by, nope, now, Negro. Which is another example of him kind of throwing in a bunch of random rhymes. Not bad bars, but just really just rhyming a lot of words to rhyme words. You were dead ass wrong, head too strong, now here's your zero, which goes back to Sly Stroke, Get By, Hope Now, Negro. You were dead ass wrong, head too strong. Now here's your zero. So another cool A, B, B, A rhyme pattern there. We can get deep like way down. High lobsters, seaweed, sand, sunk ships, and missing mobsters. So he's talking about getting deep, which he hasn't really done particularly on this song. And I don't really remember Tretch or Naughty by Nature, for that matter, really getting deep on a lot of songs. I remember Tretch having a tribute song to uh, Tupac and, and stuff like that. So 
he did show an ability to get deep, but it's kind of odd to me that he kind of brings that up out of nowhere on this song. It kind of seems like more of just a thing where he, you know, he just wanted to make a metaphor and a punchline. So he talks about getting deep and he says like way down high lobsters, seaweed, sand, sunk ships and missing mobsters where he's just kind of naming a bunch of things that you might find on like the ocean floor or whatever like that. But another problem with this line, not only is it random with him saying that we can get deep, but bar one ends with the word down. So bar two should rhyme with the word down. It doesn't. He throws in lobsters and mobsters to rhyme with each other in the second bar there. So that's probably like the third shortcut or so that he's taken in this third verse here. So Again, like I said, there was a lot of give and take here where, you know, a lot of cool rhyme patterns, a lot of rhymes per bar, couple of iffy lines, couple of reaches, couple of shortcuts, stuff like that. And then the last two bars, he said, hip hoppers no hard. Guess who's back again? That naughty click clan to make you clap your hands. So the start of that where he says hip hoppers goes back to lobsters and mobsters from the line before. Hip-hop is no hard. Guess who's back again? The naughty click clan to make you clap your hands. So back again and clap your hands is really like a three-syllable rhyme. That I know, you know, it's a little bit of a reach with the actual rhyme with again and hands. But the way he says it, he makes it work. I don't want to take it away from him. So more good than bad on that third verse from Tretch. I would say that the first verse from, from Tretch definitely gets them a quarter of a point. The second verse from Vin Rock was borderline, and the third verse from Tretch was borderline. But I do think that there was more good than bad on Vin Rock's verse, and I do think that there was more good than bad on Tretch's verse. So whether either of them by themselves were enough to bring the song to a one and a half, I'm not sure. But I think in conjunction with each other, overall, it was enough to bring the song up to a one and a half. So again, another eerily strange coincidence that we've had on, on this podcast episode here where we got these artists that have worked with each other. They're from the same area and you know now they get the same score on their songs here. We've had similar examples of something that seemed like a run-on bar but really wasn't because the bars stood alone fine by themselves so it's just kind of odd all the similarities that we're having in this one podcast today that just coincidentally happens to be with these three artists being covered on the same show so it's kind of odd how things play out like that sometimes but now that you heard a little bit of Naughty by Nature there we had Tretch and Vin Rock both on that song which didn't happen on every song but it was on that one, so we did get an example of both of those guys. I thought they both did a pretty good job on that song. Like I said, the song overall, it's in between a one and a two. Listening to all their songs in succession may have gotten it a good song. It may have gotten it an average song. That's not really important. I would like to note that it's in between. We can call it what you wanted for today. Call it a one, call it a two. I, I really don't care. It makes no difference to me. I have no issue with calling it either one. So let's get into a little bit about each particular artist by themselves. We'll start with Tretch simply because he's probably the more well-known standout guy in the group between the two. Born Anthony Chris on December 2nd, 1970 in East Orange, New Jersey, United States. Genres, as we spoke about earlier, listed as hip-hop and East Coast hip-hop. And years active are listed as 1986 to present. 
I don't know of Naughty by Nature having anything out recently, nor Tretch, but probably involved in some way, shape, or form with hip-hop, and even if not, probably not officially retired. A lot of times you see scenarios where artists will have three, four, or five albums in the first five to ten years or so, and then they'll go ten years without dropping an album, and then they'll drop one, and then they'll go another five or ten years without dropping an album and drop one, so... The present status is warranted. They're not retired. That's not to say that Naughty by Nature or Tretch can't turn around and drop an album this year or next year if they felt like it. A little bit more background on Tretch. Anthony Chris, born December 2nd, 1970, better known by his stage name Tretch, is an American rapper and actor. He is perhaps best known as the lead rapper of the hip-hop group Naughty by Nature. Sometimes he shared verses on songs with Vinrock, but often, especially on the group's earlier albums, Tretch was the sole performer on the song. Examples of this are some of the group's most well-known singles from their self-titled second album, such as OPP and Ghetto Bastard. Now, I thought that the fact that it was brought up that Tretch was on more songs than Vinrock was worthy of bringing up here in this little breakdown because it is also something that I took note of when I was studying Naughty by Nature and it's something that you will hear me touch on more but I just wanted to bring up how it was pointed out in his bio that he's not just known for being in the hip-hop group Naughty by Nature but he's known as being the lead rapper. So with all that being said, let's get into what I wrote down about Tretch because it elaborates more on what we're speaking of right now. I always heard Tretch's name way more than I ever heard Vinrock's name and I never understood why. As I looked deeper into Naughty by Nature, I was shocked to see that Tretch never had any solo albums, which even furthered my curiosity of why he was more relevant than Vinrock. As I listened, both were average lyrically, but if I had to give an edge to one person, it would have been Vinrock. The more I listened, I started to realize why Tretch was the more popular of the two. He seemed to have way more input into the group than Vinrock, having appeared on 26 more Naughty by Nature songs than Vin did. Of the 7 Naughty by Nature albums Tretch was a part of, 5 were good and the other 2 were borderline good average. Of the 95 songs he qualified, only 1 was weak, while 10 were good and 1 was great. Naughty by Nature as a group in general had a tremendous impact on hip-hop, even bigger than I had originally thought. I gave Tretch a slight edge in this category only because he's the bigger name of the two and he was involved in a decent amount more songs than Vinrock, having influences on artists such as LL Cool J, Master P, Big L, Papoose, Big Pun, Puff Daddy, The Locks, Cormega, Lloyd Banks, MC Light, Queen Latifah, Run DMC, Shaheem, Pharaoh Manch, and many others. As far as originality is concerned, for the most part, Naughty by Nature was relatively original, not having taken or borrowed much through their career, but nothing overly stand out about them in general. So getting into the math of what I wrote down for Tretch, lyrics he gets a 5, albums he gets a 3.63 with 0 classics, Songs, he gets a zero. As we spoke, he had one great song and one weak song, so those cancel each other out. He gets a zero. Now, he gets the same song score as Queen Latifah, a zero, but Queen Latifah had no great songs and no weak songs. So this is a little bit different of a scenario where he has one great song and one weak song, but those cancel each other out. So you're not better off doing one thing or the other. It's just a, it's just a percentage and a comparison of 
What did you do more of? Did you do more great stuff or did you do more terrible stuff? His was even as well as Queen Latifah's being even. So I just wanted to point out how there are different routes to get to the same final result. Impact, he gets an eight and a half. This goes without saying because you could probably get close to that score just based on that list of artists that you influenced alone. Now, obviously, Naughty by Nature is a popular name and Tretch is the more popular name out of the two MCs in the group. I don't know that Naughty by Nature is completely a household name the same way that Queen Latifah is, and I'm sure that a lot of that has to do with all the other things that Queen Latifah was involved in outside of just rapping and just hip-hop. You know, she sang, she had R&B albums and jazz albums and things like that. She was in a lot of movies. Um, you know, just Queen Latifah did a lot of things. So I think as far as people outside the hip-hop community knowing Naughty by Nature or Queen Latifah, more people will probably know who Queen Latifah is outside of the hip-hop community. But Naughty by Nature is still a very popular hip-hop group to the point where you could certainly have plenty of people who are not hip-hop fans, and they will still know who Naughty by Nature is. And on top of that, they may even know who Tretch is. If you ask somebody who knew who Naughty by Nature was, but didn't really know much about them, and said, can you name the members? They would certainly be more likely to be able to tell you Tretch, and I, I don't know, I don't know the other guy's name. Not everybody would do that. I'm not saying nobody knows who Vinrock is, but Tretch certainly the more popular of the two. But, I mean... Just the fact that Naughty by Nature had a pretty decent amount of commercial success, maybe not with a lot of platinum record sales or number ones or records broken or awards or firsts or things like that, but they really did have a lot of popularity. And on top of that, they influenced a lot more artists than I ever thought I was going to see when I went into studying Naughty by Nature. I did not realize how many artists took things from Naughty by Nature. Again, speaking on the locks, whether it's directly or indirectly doesn't really matter. The fact that Naughty by Nature did it first and then other artists that followed later did the same thing, whether it be taking their lines or you know, having the same sample in their beat or whatever the case is, if it was done first by Naughty by Nature, then they have to be given credit for that. So, I really was taken back by not only the number of artists influenced, but a lot of the names on that list. I mean, you got, you're all over the place with that list. You got artists like Cormega and Shaheem and Papoose and stuff like that who are probably considered a little bit more to be underground type artists. And, you know, Pharaoh Manch, who's a tremendous lyricist. And then you got opposite guys. You got Master P, who's really not a great lyricist, but a pretty decent name. You got Big L, who is a legend in hip-hop. You got Big Pun, who's a legend. So just all across the board, Naughty by Nature really influencing a wide range of artists there. Originality, Tretch gets a six. We spoke about how, for the most part, they were relatively original, really just based on the fact that they didn't take much from any other artists. There wasn't a lot of things that they did where it was like, oh, that's where they got that from. Or, you know, where they were a certain style and then somebody else came out and all of a sudden their style, their style, their sound switched or things like that. So they were relatively original just based on that. But at the same time, there was nothing really overly original or stand out about them, whether it be their image or their rhyme style or their song topics or things like that. 
you know, they were not like an ODB or a Bismarcky or people like that. So he gets an above average score of a six, but nothing too crazy. You add those numbers up, you divide by five, you get a final score of 4.63, which leaves Tretch in 36th place of 117 artists done overall. So again, we get an eerily strange coincidence where not only are they from the same place, not only were they cool with each other and work together, not only did we see a lot of similarities in the actual lyrics and breakdown of the bars, but now we get Queen Latifah who finishes in 38th place, and then right after her we get Tretch who finishes in 36th place, which the final scores were within a .04 of each other. So... Again, a lot more coincidences that are pretty crazy in this podcast episode today. It's odd how these things end up like that. Moving on to the other MC in the group, Vinrock. Uh, I just want to say that additional info on Vinrock was not as easily available as it was with Tretch. Now, a couple of things to be noted here about this. It's not overly important. We don't really need to know when the person is born and things like that, but... These are people, so I do like to just get into a little bit about them, you know, as far as where they're from and when they were born and things like that. But, I mean, we don't really need all of that. When we read the Naughty by Nature's breakdown, we learned that, um, you know, his full name was Vincent Brown and he was born on September 17th, 1970. We know that Naughty by Nature's origin is listed as East Orange, New Jersey, United States. Tretch is also listed as being from East Orange, New Jersey, United States. So, I mean, we know what's going on with Vinrock. We know when he was born. We know where he's from. We know his, you know, pretty much his years active. Whether he gets a present listing or not, it's not really important. We can get the gist of what goes on there. But also, what is important to note about the fact that the additional info on Vinrock was harder to find than it was for me to find on Tretch just plays back to exactly what I was talking about before when we spoke about how Tretch was the more well-known and more popular and more standout of the two. And I spoke about in my breakdown how I always heard Tretch's name more and I didn't really know why. And I got into a couple of reasons why that probably was the case. But then here again, you have an example where this is a very popular group and you have, you know, multiple members in the group And it's a lot harder to find information on one member than it is on the other member. And really not for nothing, but at the end of the day, that tells you something right there in itself. So with that being said, let's get into what I wrote down on Vinrock as I was studying Naughty by Nature. I was pretty presently surprised with Vinrock in general as I expected him to not be nearly as good as Tretch considering how much more well-known Tretch was. This certainly wasn't the case as he was at least equal to Tretch lyrically. It was interesting to see how well the two worked together as a duo, and here's what I mean by this. Aside from lyrically, the two got different scores from each other in almost every aspect, but when all was added up, they came out to be almost exactly the same final score. Out of the six Naughty by Nature albums Vinrock qualified for, three were good and three were average. Ironically enough, at the end of the day, the only thing that caused a .05 separation between Tretch and Vin was that Vin did not appear on the group's best song, OPP. 
Of the 69 songs he was on, he wasn't a part of any great ones, but was on the one week song that they did have, and six of the good ones. Vin was certainly a fundamental part of Naughty by Nature, having had influences on similar artists such as LL Cool J, Master P, Papoose, Puff Daddy, The Locks, Cormega, Lloyd Banks, MC Light, Queen Latifah, Run DMC, Shaheem, Pharrell Monch, and more. One area I did feel that Vin Rock was slightly ahead of Tretch was in the originality category, as this was mainly based on his appearance. He didn't seem to be concerned with what other people were saying or doing, and looked and dressed how he wanted to, even though it didn't necessarily portray the same type of in-your-face attitude and vibe that their lyrics and songs gave. So, a couple of things that I want to speak on there. I spoke about how well they work together, and I just want to elaborate on that a little bit. Their lyric score was the only score that they got that was the same. The album score was different, the song score was different, the impact score was different, and the originality score was different. Granted, they were all in the same ballpark and very close to each other, but all different nonetheless. Even though four out of their five scores were different, they came out to almost exactly the same final score, which is crazy when you think about it, because right there you clearly have two artists that are bringing two different things to the table in almost every single aspect of being an artist, but still being almost exactly the same as far as the skill level and the talent is concerned. So getting into the math of what I just spoke about, lyrics, he gets a 5. Albums, he gets a 3.52 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a minus 0.14. As we spoke about, he was not on the group's best song that they got a great score for, but he was on the group's one week song. So where Tretch had one great song and one week song, and they canceled each other out and he got a zero, Finrock had no great songs and one week song. So while it is a very small number, it's minus a 0.14. That's not going to do too much damage to him overall. Impact, he gets an eight. Tretch got an eight and a half. We spoke about how I gave Tretch the extra for being the more well-known and popular name of the two, and also for being on 26 more songs than Vinrock was. Originality, Vinrock gets a six and a half, where Tretch got a six. We also just spoke in Vinrock's breakdown about how I thought he was able to edge Tretch out just a little bit in that category. Now, they both get above average scores as far as originality is concerned, so I'm not trying to shit on Tretch here. Very close in these scores and both above average, but I just thought that Vinrock was a little bit more, I don't really care what my image portrays. Whereas Tretch, granted it may have been because this is who he is and this is just what he wanted to portray, which there's nothing wrong with that. But Tretch had that image that went along with his raps of I'm hardcore, I'm rugged, or I'm a gangster, or I'm ghetto, or whatever the case is. Whereas Vinrock kind of just seemed to, you know, I may be all of those things, but I don't have to look like that. This is the way I like to dress, so this is how I'm going to dress. Regardless if you look at me and get the gangster, rugged, ghetto vibe from me or not, this is what I want to wear, this is who I am, and if you question my other shit, listen to my songs, or whatever the case may be, and I will prove to you otherwise. 
So you add those five scores up and you divide by five, you get a final score of 4.58, which leaves him in a five-way tie for 39th place with previously covered artists Melly Mel, Keith Cowboy, and Scorpio from The Furious Five and also MC Light. So we got Tretch who finishes in 36th place, Queen Latifah who finishes in 38th place, and Vin Rock who finishes in 39th place. So it's all pretty crazy the way that this all played out, having this all in the same podcast episode today. And I just want to give a shout out to all three of these artists. Absolutely incredible as far as impact is concerned. Legends here for sure, all across the board. Originality is above average. I just, hats off to these three artists, man. I really have almost nothing negative to say about any of the three of them, to be quite honest with you. Let's get into the current list. Spoke about how for the rest of the 80s, we're going to stick with the top 20%. Next year on season two in the 90s, we'll move down to a top 15% and we'll keep going on from there. Again, this list doesn't change today at all as we're at 53 artists covered, which keeps us at a top 10. Neither of these artists cracked that, but we'll run off the list again. Your current top 20% final list is as follows. In the top spot, we have KRS-One, who's in 6th place of 117 artists done. Behind him, we have Slick Rick, who's in 8th place of 117 artists done. Directly behind him in 9th place is Rakim. Behind him is Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 12th place of 117 artists done. Directly behind him in 13th, we have LO Cool J. Behind him, we have Will Smith, who's in 15th place of 117 artists done. Then behind him, we have a tie for 17th place with DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube of NWA. They're both tied for 17th place of 117 artists done. Then we have Big Daddy Kane, who's in 20th place of 117 artists done. And last but not least, in the 10th and final spot of our top 20%, we have Chuck D of Public Enemy, who's in 22nd place of 117 artists done. Just to run through that list again, Here's your top 20% final list. We got KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run, LL Cool J, Will Smith, DMC and Ice Cube, Big Daddy Kane, and Chuck D. Obviously a huge shout out to all 10 of those artists, man. A lot of those guys have really been holding on to that spot for a while now. As I spoke about, we only have one more episode left in the 80s, so next week will be the last episode on season one. And we're going to run through our total list of artists covered. We're going to see who the best guy in the 80s was. We're going to see our top guys in the 80s. We're going to see our top lyrical guys, things like that. So again, man, I just want to point out how we're almost done with this decade here. And we got guys like KRS-One and Slick Rick and stuff like that really hanging on to these top slots strong. They've been there for a while. So let's get into our top 10% lyrically. This also doesn't change. In our top slot, we got KRS-One with a score of 7. In a three-way tie for second place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, and Cool G Rap with lyrical scores of 6.5. And, and then behind them, in a four-way tie for fifth place, we have Big Daddy Kane, Slick Rick, Guru, and Freddie Fox, who all get a lyrical score of 6. So to run through the lyrical, the top 10% lyrical list so far, we have 
in the top slot, KRS-One. In a three-way tie for second place, Will Smith, Rakim, and Cool G Rap. And in a four-way tie for fifth place, we got Big Daddy Kane, Slick Rick, Guru, and Freddie Fox. If you'd like to see any of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash podcast, all spelt normally. You're always welcome to give the host site a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tapes. also spelt normally. There's a donate button on that host site. Hit it. Hit it, motherfucker. Donate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So with that demand being said, I will leave you with this. That is the end of episode 22. I thought it was a very good episode. We had some really legendary names on here today. And next week, which as I said, is the final episode of season one. And we will close out the 80s. We have Willie D of the Ghetto Boys and Vanilla Ice. This should be a very interesting episode to say the least. As we close out the 80s with the last episode of season 1. If you've been following me along, I highly recommend that you tune in next week as we close out the 80s. It will be the last episode of 2020. We will pick back up in January of 2021 with season 2, the 90s. I have had people bugging the shit out of me about when I'm getting to the 90s for years When I was studying these artists and I was in the 80s, it's, man, when are you going to get up to some guys in the 90s? Now I'm halfway through the 90s and it's, man, when are you going to cover the 90s on your podcast? It's almost fucking here, guys. We've gotten through a lot of the legends. We're still in the the dead smack in the middle of the golden era of hip-hop here. We're going to pick right back up off in the 90s with the golden era of hip-hop. And we're going to fucking keep the train rolling, bro. So tune in next week for the last episode of the 80s. Tale of the Tapes. Peace the fuck out. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well.